Hello, baby. Welcome everyone. Welcome. You know, the wait the wait as they say Spencer is over. The wait is over. <laughs> People yeah. have been asking for this for so long. We should have uh, start I mean, including they kind, of, they kind of have. I think everyone in their hearts has been asking for it, whether or not they know that they've been asking for it with their minds. That's another question. <laughs> you know, they say that the word of God should, will be written on your on your hearts and your minds. Um and that's how you know that you're going to get to heaven. Actually, you don't know if you're going to go to heaven, but God knows if you're going to heaven because he'll see it. He'll read your mind and your heart. Okay. And the fans of this podcast have, are, are I've gone. read, yeah, well, I'm the God of this podcast. <laughs> okay, and so I've God. read, I've read the minds and hearts of the people. And they said, we want to hear some Marco. I have uh, some, I'll, I'll get to him in a second, but I, yeah. I just really want to quick have some bad news for anyone who listens to the podcast. We looked yeah, it up. You are going to hell. Oh shoot! Yeah, I, look, I talked to this guy named Calvin. What's his? What's his? Is it? What's Calvin his full Hobbs. name? Yeah, Calvin Hobbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he looked at his uh, his pet tiger, and he goes, "You know what? I believe in this thing called predestination, and I I predetermined you are going to hell." Uh huh. That's what he, they said. He weighed your 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 soul against a feather or something. <laughs> a feather? Oh, wait, is that yeah. is that like the lore thing or whatever? Bible lore? Are Are you talking? Are, Egyptian? Like ancient Egyptian, isn't that what Horus did? Oh, I haven't watched Moon Knight. I'm t- I'm talking about it ancient Egyptian. <laughs> like real I mean... stuff. Well, I guess oh. it's not real. <laughs> oh, you know, that's that's a hot take right Like there. Horus, like real. <laughs> you know Horus is a Yu-Gi-Oh card? Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it, okay. it, I, I guess it is real Egyptian. Then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that Yu-Gi-Oh cards are real. I mean, they've seen the TV. Show. You've seen the TV show. They show up when you play the cards. Yeah, you you have a shadow game and everything, and that's yeah. how. Well, people go to hell. That's kind of hell, right? It's the shadow realm, the realm of hell. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome everyone to Sound Direction, a menswear podcast for the stuffiness. I am Ethan M. Wong. I'm Spencer DSO, and we're gonna try and keep this episode. Not as explicit. I'm. I'm. A, I apologize for anyone who has listened to the last <laughs> couple of ones and was like, "These guys are so raunchy. They're so horny." Um, you know, I'm we sorry. need a red band trailer for these guys. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, I watch my. Um, I watch movies with Isabel, obviously, and every time I see a red band trailer, I'm like, "All right," <laughs> and I don't think she knew that that's Here what that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think I went with someone. I don't know if it was Isabel, but someone was like, "What's the big deal?" And I'm like, "Just you wait. This trailer is mm-hmm. either going to be so scary or so funny or so Those sexy. Little... <laughs> it could be. Or, I mean, I think sexy can be funny. I that's think true. funny can be sexy. That's that's like a that's like a Tina Fey thing. I think. Yeah, that's is uh, bossy pants. There you go, the Tina Fey. Uh, not documentary autobiography <laughs> i guess an autobiography is kind of a documentary it's a except documentary. it's documentary yeah what about a book documentary like a documentary of a book yeah like oh you talk about like the great gatsby movie where at the end he writes the great gatsby that's right they make it is... effect- effectively making it a form of documentary yeah anyway um, <laughs> anyway speaking of documentaries we have a subject for you today he is a human being whoa yeah, crazy. Spoiler. He's, 
Spoil yes, but wait, spoilers? <laughs> like you're not always a human and then at the I mean, end of could, it, we could have been a, human. Could have been talking to like Mr. Ed or some sort of talking animal or something. Name name two more. Um, um the lion from Wizard of Oz. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> a talking animal. I, I brought and in my the lion from Madagascar. <laughs> Alex the lion? Yeah. Wow. Roar. That's a good movie. <laughs> um but yeah, we've got a very special guest on the podcast today. He's one of our good friends. He's a, a legend, a Marvel legend, just like yeah, Morbius. That's right. And wait, just like Morbius, his name starts with an M. Everyone put your hands and flippers together for, <laughs> for Marco Martinez. Welcome to the podcast, Marco. Hey guys. I wish we had like I mean we could like Wonderful. make music for when people come on the when we introduce guests. That's true. Oh, that would be sick. Thing. You should have brought Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, first, oh, your dude. first guest should get the Undertaker. Theme oh man. Song. Okay, no. From now on, yeah, every guest gets to pick the walkout music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, MJ, MJ's playing it. I'm MJ. Fade out your music right now. Thank you very much. Don't get on mic. It Hi. just has to be public domain. So make sure it's like. Well, or less than thirty seconds. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's that's like the thing there. Uh, but yeah, Marco has been one of our our good friends. I can't remember. Actually, I do remember the first time we met. I think you had moved to LA. And, you know, we've been following each other on Instagram for a while because we are uh, a part of a little a little thing called male fashion advice. Um, <laughs> a real Reddit a... meetup happening right now. That's, that's right. Yeah, we IRL. We had that's an right. IRL meet many moons ago. I remember you you had shorter hair back then. Uh, you were wearing the capital like surf popover shirt. Um, and we got ramen. First time, yeah. Wow, we went, sharp yeah. memory. I mean, I have, uh, you know, you guys have seen the French Dispatch. I don't have a memory of everything I've ever written, but I do remember what I've worn, and I remember what I've worn when I've hung out with people and what they have worn. Okay, so, so you have a fit mm. memory. I, yeah, that's right. Mm. I have a fit memory. memory. <laughs> yeah, it's come in handy. Um, but yeah, that was like the first time we met, and ever since then, you know, we've occasionally seen each other. A couple of menswear events. You know, you went to the. Uh, to the blokes i guess uh two-year anniversary party r.i.p um i remember you uh, you were there for that we've got we've gone to a couple of flea markets together we've gone to like hang out in highland park and everything we've explored some stores so i mean it's it's kind of crazy how you haven't been on the pod like and we, <laughs> we interview our friends all the time yeah i mean we got we kind of go back and forth on interviews because um a lot of behind the scenes like podcast production stuff yeah but uh yeah but we're yeah you're on now so that's what's important yeah it's it's a pleasure to be here and it's also an honor to talk with you guys as well <laughs> that's very that's very kind of you oh to say. you know that's 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 how i am <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey this is a guy who's been on the style forum dot net you know member feature you've been on grailed i remember i remember the grailed one that was kind of that was a big deal you know you've been on put this on and everything but we just know you as good old friend marco you know not not the famous we, we guy. do call you yeah i mean we always call you friend marco <laughs> friend marco <laughs> yeah. um, thank god but... yeah everyone everyone butchers my uh <laughs> my online username on reddit Oh yeah, what, why don't you tell? I mean, I even did it because I I am a bad Filipino, so I don't. Uh, I, I it didn't even occur to me the correct pronunciation. But can yeah. you walk us walk us through both of your usernames real quick? Yeah, please. Yeah. Are we are we redacting some language because of nope. how people have interpreted? Okay, no redacting. So 
I've had people call me Camel Toe Joe. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. The username, right? But it's actually Camote Joe. So a Camote is a it's a Philippine it's a Tagalog pronunciation word for a sweet potato. So how do, you, how do I not know this? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I remember like I said it one time, you're like, that's not it. And I'm like, oh shit, you're right, it's not. Um but yeah, I mean, hey, it's not my fault they don't say that in Potato Corner at the mall, which is <laughs> oh. a Filipino thing. Oh, newsflash. Where's the Potato Corner? Dude, the they're LA? all, I mean, this is what happens when you're not from East LA. Let me just tell you that. Um, but you can, uh, they have them at Glendale Galleria oh, and now uh, Santa Anita. So if you ever need a snack, you can go to the infamous Glendale Galleria huh. and, the Amer- and the Americana at Brand. Uh, and get some, uh, you know, get served by your local Glendale Philippine, uh, <laughs> Filipinos. I'll say Filip- Filipinoans. That's not right either. Um, and get some potato corner. But so, yeah, you've got Kamota Joe and then you've got your other one, which is your Instagram handle. Oh, the Instagram handle. Yeah, that one was that one was more random. It was random back in 2017. I, yeah. A coworker just commented on my jacket having yeah. a lot of pockets on it. <laughs> and he just called me pocket man. When Big tuna. he saw me a real like coworker <laughs> nickname, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A real coworker yeah. thing. Yeah. What, what were you of wearing? Course. Was it engineered garments or was it capital? Uh, it was this fisherman's jacket from okay. Sasquatch Fabrics. So oh, okay, it, yeah. It yeah. had a detachable hood um, on top of the lower part of the body, and there were probably like ten or twelve pockets on that thing. Wow. So. He just wanted to make a comment on it. And I were think I was walk- wearing Were you walking pen. like this while it was happening? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, I and you're am always blurry when you're wearing Pocket it. Man. They reveal this robot. So, yeah, two. You can't spell um, Kamote. No, wait. I don't think you can spell Pocket Man without Kamote, which is really. Funny. Oh shit! That's actually. That's <laughs> I mean, uh, I think so... everyone's. If you if you have like a different username somewhere, it should have to be like uh, an anagram of your other username. <laughs> in my opinion. Well, if, you know, if you if you spell out the teenage gentleman, no, if you if you, if you take if you take Ethan McNally Wong. By the way, I don't know if everyone knew that was my middle name. That's like, it's not a big deal. It's not um, a big deal. But uh, if you rearrange a word that says "I am the teenage gentleman." Um. That's a little star. That's a little oh, Star Wars reference. That's not what that yeah. is. It's a Harry Potter reference. Um, well, Marco, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, some yeah. people. I mean, they're not. The people who listen to this aren't all your friends like we are. So we know who you are. But why don't you tell us to the people who are listening? Tell us about what yeah. you do, and uh, and yeah, whatever else you feel like encapsulates you in a succinct yeah. way. Absolutely. Um, I'm 28 years old. Uh, nice. I work in the tech industry as We're a research analyst. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you, will, there was some big that. news at your company. I don't know. No, let's not say it. We don't have to say it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's, there's, big, there's yeah. big news at the time of recording. There's big, there's uh-huh. big news at the time of recording, but we know this will come at a later date. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the news will have broken by then. Um, uh-huh. So I'm working, I've been working in the tech industry for about five years now, approaching mm-hmm. four years in LA. Yeah. And LA was a big move for me from mm-hmm. San Francisco because I'd not much, spent much time here when I was growing up. And I it's just like wanted a much to different get a city. A very different yeah. city. I, I thought I could get around without having a car. 
for the no. first year. Yeah. And then and then COVID slammed us and then I eventually caved and got the car. But without purchasing the motorcycle first, nice. actually. That was the that was my hack for getting to and from work and just making getting around fun. So motorcycling has been almost three years. I've been mm. I've been enjoying that hobby and I'm a huge dancer as well. I take a lot of classes locally in LA. Was previously in some crews in San Francisco and in college. So those are those are my hobbies. Was music I would say like your fashion. was that like your first like big, I guess like interest, I guess, before like fashion or motorcycling or anything else Ooh, like that? Good question, Ooh, that is a really good question. So before I danced, yeah. I was a baseball player. Okay. In the Wait, Philippines. What? Whoa, yeah. that's sick. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's yeah. okay. Yeah, that's that's a little known hmm. fact. I don't I don't seem to bring it up as much because <laughs> yeah. everyone everyone knows the fashion, the motorcycling, and the dancing. Do but you still like follow baseball? It. Are you still into it? Or is that like eh? I am strongly following baseball. Okay. For the San Francisco Giants. Okay, I am not a Dodgers fan. fan. I can't yeah. I can't with the Dodgers. They're <laughs> they're the Yankees of the National League. They are the Yankees now, yeah. actually. We'll see. I so, just like I, I don't like even know what that means. I, I, I love losers, so yeah. <laughs> and I don't I don't <laughs> watch sports. I'm a, big, I'm a big old nerd, so I don't even know what, what the speak. Tell to me like Star Wars. Uh, just no, think no, of, no, just think of the Yankees as the Empire from Star Wars, or how, how about the Celtics in Winning Time? Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're watching Winning Time. Yeah. Okay, oh, I see yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's that's crazy. But yeah, you've always been kind of like. As I mean, as much as I've known you, other than fashion, it's always been very clear that you've been very in tune with like dancing and mm-hmm. kind of music and everything like that, which is not surprising for a lot of people that we kind of interact with. There's yeah, usually, there's like, a, a lot kind of... of, I mean, maybe not just like music or something, but like there's always kind of like a creative or like a personal yeah. expression that's very co- in common with the people that we hang out with. I mean, we've talked about, like, how many guys in classic menswear started out in, like, you know, like, rock groups or punk groups or whatever. Um, There's a lot of guys in, like, into, like, heavy metal and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense. There's, like, a lot of, like, music and then, like, menswear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, how did you get into clothing now? I mean... Was it something that happened like in college, as most MFA guys tend to happen? Like they have to, like, you know, they they come out of high school, and they are like, "Oh shit, I gotta start dressing, you know, up or well because I want to be taken seriously." What was what was that like for for you? Because you were in international school and you went to college over here. Yeah, that was a wild transition actually. Because I distinctly remember the first two years of college dressing like a b boy. Because that was that was ah, the okay. main so style. Stuff, I was so like, stuff retained so, from uh, from high school then, huh? Yeah, there was a lot of uh, track pants and oversized crew neck sweatshirts and nice. Adidas Gazelles in the summer and the spring. There you go. And then during the summer, I I just wear tank tops. I would just get tank tops from like the hundreds, from like Huff, Quicksilver. Like it, it just Classic. seemed like something to wear in college because mm-hmm. the most at least freshman and sophomore year the people who seemed to have the most influence on campus were the guys in frats 
they were always like wearing their tank tops, always yeah. wearing their Vineyard Vine shorts. So I saw that and thought, okay, I could I could try that in like a b-boy way, tank top, Adidas track pants, yeah. <laughs> and Adidas gazelles. So it was kind of auxiliary to what I saw. And then I think it was junior year. Junior year, I started getting into vintage and sort of the menswear Tumblr mm-hmm. era. I remember buying like the Fuck Yeah menswear book from <laughs> yeah. Lawrence. Lawrence and Larry. That was oh, Larry. And Tumblr was a really huge inspiration for me then. It was actually after I, I, I was dating someone for a while in college, mm-hmm. and she she actually started inspiring me to just dress a bit up more, mm. like in a sensible manner, not in a oh I can't take you seriously if you're not wearing button downs, but why don't you try like this V neck sweatshirt over this button down? <laughs> why don't yeah. you just try? Chaka boots from J. Crew, and I thought, okay, this is actually really accessible. Wow, to try. so she was kind of doing some MFA style advice. Is this <laughs> yeah. before MFA? Uh, this was before MFA. Wow, yeah, so she there was knew some... Chaka boots then. She knew yeah. that she was like, I want to She's a guy like, you got to get this. the Clark's Desert boots, a, a light blue Oxford. <laughs> got to roll up the sleeve, you know, get some uh, common projects. Yeah. Get some common projects. I think it was the J. Crew McAllister boot. <laughs> Didn't they have? Oh, yeah. She was like, try the J. Crew McAllister boot. I thought, oh, okay. See, this is very there different. Is something from something here now. Like maybe we gotta we gotta ask some ladies about how they do it. <laughs> it is kind of crazy to me that yeah. like you know, like the stuff that we get from MFA, like some girls were tapped into it. You know, there's a lot of guys that we know as well who like when they started dating, their girlfriend would su- would suggest things for them. And um I mean to, I yeah. I I'm not on like MFA like every day, but I feel like every once in a while I see on my feed like pop up some some like someone it's like help my boyfriend like only wears like Legend of Zelda t-shirts and cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> like help I mean, me it's like women, help me the convince secret, him the secret uh, <laughs> user of MFA right there. You know? Yeah, it's like help me to yeah. convince him dress like a grown-up. Like I feel like yeah. that's a t- common type of post on MFA. Yeah. Well, you know what was actually really weird about it? Now that I'm thinking about just looking back on Mm -hmm. the timing of that, the person who I was dating, her, her older brother was a buyer at Union Maid in San Francisco. Oh, that's how she knew. And I I recall a memory from spending a summer with her in the Bay Area, seeing his shoe collection. And I just saw a shoe rack of Alden's. And I like my jaw just dropped. I I was just like these shoes are ridiculously cool, and I had just gotten started on. I mean, my jaw drops every time I look to my left. (laughs) 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 That just means I spent too much money on on shoes. I was dude. I was listening to like people like talk like people I know talk about shoes, and they were like, "What's the most you've ever spent on like clothing?" (laughs) I think I spent a hundred dollars on shoes once, so that's like the most I've ever spent. And I'm I'm like, like, I'm. Yeah, your Crazy. lips purse a bit, and yeah. you just like want to like. like hey, hide. Spencer, how much are those loafers? I'm like, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay, so so you know your your girlfriend at the time starting to starting to give you some advice here. So mm-hmm. when when was it like peak MFA for you? Like when did you get to the whole barber jacket, uh, OCBDs, desert boots, cuffed selvage era? Wow. Ooh, that's a good question. Probably 2015, 2014. 
because wow, okay. I wasn't, yeah, because I wasn't, I was lurking on MFA at that time. I wasn't mm-hmm. posting fit pics all that much. I, I just remember being discouraged because I posted a fit pic where it was, I was wearing an APC denim jacket, an APC new standard pair of denim that, and both of them I'd worn quite a bit. So they were faded yeah. well. And I had these Yucatan wingtip boots on. Oh, nice. So I was wearing the denim tuxedo yeah. white t-shirt. <laughs> and it got like three upvotes. So I was just like, oh, damn. Like, I didn't get as much traction on this fit pick as I wanted to. So I stopped posting for a bit. and just Wow, that, that initial thing was what stopped you right there. Yeah, I just wow. I just didn't get much feedback on it. You know, like, I no feel like comments, that, just a few upvotes. That that's kind of, that kind of happened to me because I st- I think I was I was posting to MFA before Ethan, but then I just like would not really get like uh, any um, engagement, or, and like occasionally I just got like a, a negative comment, and then after like after like a month of that, I'm like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> So think about what could have been different <laughs> if uh, yeah, I mean, it could have been People an MFA just power loved user. you more. If they yeah. love AP. If they had given me more affection, then I wouldn't be such a cold-hearted killer. I think killer. it's so funny because I've, I, you know, not, not to flex. I don't, really, I don't really care if I get comments. But uh, I say that with uh, a touch of privilege because my first fits on there were all vintage. So naturally, a lot of people commented. And so mm-hmm. I was... Not encouraged to post, but I kind of was curious to see what would happen. And so I remember, again, I've, I've told this to uh, Derek, uh, was popping. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember I wore like a tweed vest with like a a, um, a black Henley tucked into uh, brown trousers. And I wore like whatever Zara's version of Belgians were. And I was like doing something modern today. And I remember Met. Yeah. You know, old power user. I'm oh, not sure Matt. Matt was a mod, yeah. but uh, he, he's still active on there. But Matt was like, "You look like a hipster bartender in the worst way possible." <laughs> but the thing is, I didn't bother me. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I, I like, I think not to like make this about me, but like, I think back then I didn't, I never drank, and um, I never really went out. So I must have like idealized like this hipster bar. Like, oh yeah, it's so cool because I'm I'm never gonna be around it. Yeah. Like, yeah. When am I gonna people... be around a bartender? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but it felt was there good. when I first started drinking. Yeah, that's it, the, it did that's feel the, good. That's the crazy thing about it is that even before you posted the fit pic, you actually felt genuinely good about what you put together. Yeah, and I recall just feeling great about it because I enjoyed wearing those APC pieces for a while in college. It actually felt like the first leap for me is like, I'm actually invested in these and I felt good in them. And you do the same with your outfits. And I feel like it's great to put yourself in the shoes Mm -hmm. of someone who's trying to find their way in MFA and just think they probably felt good putting this on. Yeah, You could probably meet them with some kindness, maybe some constructive feedback on it but i think it's in good faith always like absolutely about what they put together yeah you're i mean you're right i mean i I believe in positive reinforcement and positive criticism i mean hey join the discord you'll get a earful from me uh in feedback (laughs) underdome well it's gonna Um, be an eyeful because that's right you're reading it yeah Yeah. you're right um but okay so so you know you did do the mfa thing so when did it stop when was like it when was it like Mm-hmm. starting to be the marker like can you trace the moment where you're like okay yeah, ocbd you know uh cho- like, you know, regular chore coats to like okay getting fucking capital 
the bone the bone genes right yeah. or like, uh, <laughs> like yeah, when did you start like injecting like you know the more like avant-garde stuff into your wardrobe or was it like there yeah. from like from the because you know you had this connection to like the buyer from union made so i don't know if you got and, yeah and like, union cool made's not exactly like uniqlo yeah it's not like mm-hmm. they right. have stuff there that if you see it is not going to be like oh typical j crew like union made in addition to having like aldens and salvage jeans they had some cool stuff r.i.p yeah um, but yeah but yeah you were starting because you were starting yeah so you're starting with like a, i guess like a, a like a higher level of awareness of like the possibilities of of menswear <laughs> than most guys who are just yeah like going to uniqlo or going to jaker or something yeah well that's a really good question i think so it's the fall of 2015 i was actively posting and commenting on our raw denim on reddit <laughs> nice. that was sick because yeah. i you know i had a healthy rotation of iron hearts and apcs uh-huh. and someone was selling a denim capital raincoat on raw denim okay and i looked at i looked at it and i thought this is such a weird jacket but I love that it looks like a peacoat. I love this oversized hood because it's denim. It looks less loud than it actually mm-hmm. is. And I won't really be getting questions about it because it's got good pockets. It was wearable in the Bay Area. So I wore that. I bought that Capital Denim raincoat. And I think he happened to be, he's actually a current friend from EHF hmm. right now, which is another weird serendipitous thing that happened in acquiring my first capital piece. So that actually, I owned that capital piece for a while and that was purchased in the fall of 2015. And then I think, I think late 2016 or early 2017, I joined EHF expensive human fashion Mm -hmm. on discord and I think that's when everything started accelerating. I went to a lot of people were posting pics of other designers. People were sharing listings of these Japanese brands that you could purchase from a proxy like Zen mm-hmm. Market or Bai. And yeah. then I went to Japan <laughs> three straight years after that. Nice. Yeah, the first the first Japan trip, uh, me and my friend wanted to do mostly shopping so we hit all the capital stores in the summer of 2017 <laughs> and i brought home so much capital um from that how trip. are the how are the prices over there compared to the united states secondhand or not secondhand oh boxing. oh it's the best i think i think <laughs> you should buy directly from them there's so many capital fakes out there now on ebay on grailed mm-hmm. On the and real, hey, they real. They gotta ask no you, right? Staff. They have to ask you if it's a. Can I get a legit check on this capital piece, Mark? <laughs> Getting the legit checks now, like, like I have a bunch of block DM requests from people <laughs> nice. who are just like, "Hey, hey, sorry to bother you with a legit check, but I was looking at this thing. I thought, if you're like, sorry, don't daddy. do it. <laughs> yeah, or just you know, like if you like something from the designer." try to buy it directly right, from, from them, them. Mm-hmm. yeah you absolutely. can proxy directly from capital if you wanted to but i know that for some people they feel uncomfortable going through a third-party service to bid on something and have it shipped to you from japan but i think you know i think some of that randomness 
in the sizing. I think the lack of communication almost feels like you're at a flea online flea market mm. Ooh, looking okay. for that's something cool. you really okay. like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's there's something in the future about like the kind of tangibility of getting experience with clothing, like what that means. So I'm sure we'll explore mm-hmm. that uh, in the future episodes. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, you joined you joined EHF. Mm-hmm. You know, and was this still at a time where you were, I mean, you said you got the capital, the capital coat there. Were you still in EHF wearing OCBDs and, and like salvage jeans? Like, mm-hmm. can you tell me more about like being in that MFA mode, but then seeing all the other stuff and going, what I actually, I actually can get into it. Cause that's something kind of similar to me where you know, I'm in EHF now, but like, you know, through you and everything, I've always enjoyed I wouldn't say avant-garde, but like, like Evan Kenor, I can see the evolution of like mm-hmm. the menswear there. Was that the same thing for you? Like, did you see the connotations between what you were already wearing and like the future Marco that was developing? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think by that time when I joined EHF, my foundation was Japanese Americana. So engineered garments, needles, or slow capital. So already like different versions from there the was, basics. There was already a little mm-hmm. bit of difference. Yeah, I'd already entered at that point in, okay. with kind of that foundation and trying to branch out from it further. And I think what I had found was there were just a lot of great Japanese designer brands out there yeah. that were that were changing their takes on what we knew as staples or a jacket, a pair of pants. They just the designs were just wackier. Um, and that spoke to me in a way because other people were just sharing their listings and that was brand discovery for me. I didn't, I didn't really have to go far back then in 2017 to discover a new brand because in EHF, at least I would say the regular user is very tapped into fashion with a capital F, Mm -hmm. but less so like the Gucci's and the Bottegas of the world, but more of avant-garde, like Rick Owens. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, who else am I thinking? Hyder Ackerman. So just right, right, really, right. really luxurious, um, kind of like off like the high street kind of mm. designer stuff. But there's a healthy mix of influences and style expressions there. So that's what kept me in EHF. And I'm more of like a fly in the wall right now, but I I do enjoy what people share there. Mm-hmm. Right. But what was it like, you know, when you saw something, what do you think it was? It was like, okay, I can, I can do that. Or I, I, I like this. Do yeah. You... When did you want to stop dressing? Like, I want to dress to like, I don't know. What did Redditors want to like get promoted or something? <laughs> um, and you know, <sighs> just it? like, instead it's like, yeah. I want this to be like pure, like self-expression or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I know what it was now. So 2017, I fell down the Capitol rabbit hole. I saw the Capitol smiley boots appear on Yahoo Japan auctions, Mm -hmm. proxied that thing from Japan, and just started wearing those Capitol smiley boots to work, to concerts, to like every imaginable context I could find. And people people would just comment on the boots and i just thought like yeah like i freaking love these boots these boots feel like an extension of me and because they are so wacky 
that gave me confidence to try full capital outfits from probably 2017 to 2018 was a capital phase, if you will. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I want I want to dive deeper on that whole wacky thing you said. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, it, it's really because yeah, it's yeah. like you know, there's something about you know MFA and everything about how the clothing is. It makes you agnostic. We've been talking a lot about being agnostic on the previous episode about standing <laughs> out and everything. And we're talking how... about not believing in God, but kind of, kind of believing. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's like you know, it's you know, they, they don't want to make waves, right? Like they they kind of want their clothing. To not really say anything about them, but it's cool that you saw them and you're like, this is wacky. Did you like, and it feels like you, you know, was the, do you think that there was something here about like, you know, as you got into capital, were you expressing yourself more? Cause you said that you were, you were already like into music and dancing. Did mm-hmm. you feel like, did it, like, did you feel like a confidence change or even like a personality change to being more open? Mm. Did the clothing help with that? I think it was always there. If okay. I was, Uh, If I was being honest with you guys, because back in high school and middle school, I was I didn't have too many outlets outside of baseball. And I I didn't really fit in in middle school quite well because I would just play baseball games on the weekends, go on tournaments, hang with my baseball friends and then play video games. But I had no creative. Yeah, (laughs) the duality. It was always like this. (laughs) duality and I would never want to really get to know people because I just got sucked into video games and maybe that says a lot too right the interest in video games means you love the worlds that you fall into you love Mm -hmm, the music mm -hmm. you love the game design you love inputting like controls and then controlling Mm -hmm. a character through all of it so I felt like my mind just wanted to get lost into something I, back I then, think there, but I couldn't put words into it. There was someone who was, I, I'm really sorry, I can't remember who this was, on our Discord, who was talking about like trying to get his like gamer friends into like fashion, and he was kind of talking like that. It's like, you know, it's like, don't you, like, when you when you get like a cool unlockable item or get a cool yeah. piece or whatever, and you see it on your character and you feel like badass, it's like, that's what I want to do in real life, and I feel like mm-hmm. that's... I don't know an easy way to <laughs> to get gamers on our side, right. <laughs> yeah. Which we need it, the gamers, you know. So. There's so much overlap, I think. Yeah, like what you said, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Like gamers, video games. I mean, gamers, fashion, yeah, anime, music. Because I like, mean, you see how many, so. how many like fucking like nerdy like kids who aren't really interested in fashion still buy the like like black mannequin like Assassin's Creed jackets or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah and that's that's the same thing right like it's still like looking at something and being like i i think i can wear that or it feels it feels like me Uh yeah you feel like another character you feel empowered as another character yeah exactly that piece of clothing on and yeah yeah something about yourself too and your interests so was it like you know the more you got into the kind of designer clothing did you feel like that was a more accurate representation of who you are or do you think that it was something separate like you know because i know for all obviously for all of us clothing is a form of a hobby mm-hmm. you know like when i buy like a star wars lego like i'm not i know i'm not in star wars right that's what <laughs> that's what makes clothing so interesting because it's like it's a hobby but it's also something that's that you can wear but you know you said that you know you were always this kind of person so did you think that there's something about like this type of designer clothing or this, you know, the subsect of designer Japanese Americana and the variations thereof mm. 
was that like oh this is like these designers are making clothes like for me like this is like they get who i am was it kind mm. of like that yeah the i mean the foundation is in utility right so yeah. the great thing about americana and vintage is that it's practical and it's useful and never never really gets falls out of style but mm -hmm. what i was most impressed about with japanese designers especially was they just pushed the envelope of what's wearable and they made a chore coat look really weird yeah. and crazy. And if you marry the utility with the craziness of the vision, I think that's what really landed with me because I still wanted to put on things that were useful that allowed mm -hmm. for me to move through life pretty effortlessly. Yeah. yeah. But I could, I could just like radiate some like, positive energy with a drunk capital suit for example the drunk stripe suit for example yeah. it's just like yeah i just wear that so that other people can just be like huh or people can just be like oh my goodness what is that mm -hmm. kind of thing i mean yeah. we've talked about like the how like i mean we have our like uh our vintage thing where we like wearing damn suits all the time but we had our episode <laughs> about practicality and how, like, you know, actually, like, the sport coat has just a lot of pockets and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But, I mean, I get what you Like, I also, like, feeling like uh, I am prepared for anything when I leave yeah. the house. I don't like, um, yeah, I don't like going out there and being like, okay, well, if I needed to, I don't know. I like being able to just, like, do, like, you know, fit into any situation um, yeah. that I needed to be in. But I did want to yeah. ask more, like, just talking about, like, the utility and stuff. Because, like, some of your hobbies, like the, uh, like, motorcycling and dancing, those are things that, like, kind of require, like, very specific articles of clothing. Like, for motorcycling, you have to have um, some degree of protection, like, from, mm -hmm. you know, like, in case you fall and just, like, mm -hmm. from the wind, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And so, uh, like, I'm wondering, like, how your hobby is kind of like, you know, if that if that influences your style just on a day to day uh, basis or if that has kind of like influence, like the proportions or whatever uh, that you're into. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great question. I mean, one of I think one thing I picked up and this is when I first moved to L.A. Mm -hmm. is that people watching at raves and at warehouse parties was a great was a great influence into where my style went in, my style direction went in after the full capital phase because mm. people were just i saw a lot of rash guards being worn <laughs> i saw mesh tank tops mm -hmm. being uh -huh. worn and then yeah and then i saw people wear just like big oversized shirts as well and they're I, and then that that clicked for me because now whenever I'm going out dancing at a class, I'm usually wearing a rash guard as a base layer for moisture wicking and then an oversized T-shirt so that my body can move. And then, of course, like wearing the track pants um, and rubber shoes. But that I tend to wear a lot, actually, when I'm like motorcycling. It's the moisture wicking from the rash guard is really great during the summer months when it's just really hot out and I'm wearing my leathers. So mm. it's both of them actually kind of inform each other now. And what I would say about motorcycling is <laughs> I'm wearing leather pants out yeah. more often now, like okay. in casual situations, actually like going to a bar or 
going somewhere different, like Ethan, uh, Sylvia's birthday, for example, I wore yeah. leather pants because it was cold and I liked, I liked how insulated they were and I liked how bright they were to contrast what I was already wearing. So I wear leather pants a bit more now and I love my engineer boots mm. uh, from Wesco. So those are good boots for riding. Those are also great boots for um, being off the bike. But in terms of leather jackets... I usually still reserve those for when I'm with the bike. Okay. Um, okay. It's which yeah. is inter- which is interesting. Like I haven't, I haven't worn my Perfecto jackets in a casual setting very mm. recently. The only Perfecto jacket I would wear in a casual setting would be the Capital Fluffy Fleece. Yeah, I was gonna jacket. say because you have the fleece one. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not really an aggressive looking piece when no. I wear it out. Someone will see that when I'm at a bar or like out in the world and be like, okay, that's that's Marco's jacket that he's had for five years now. But when when I'm seen, I think, wearing a black leather jacket, mm-hmm. people will just wonder like, what happened to you? Where <laughs> Like, this is... This is a very like not you jacket, you know. Mm, right. I wonder if you could you could make that you with like different pants or like a, cr- a crazy shirt or something. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I want to yeah. I want to subvert it more and I want to style it. Um, yeah. For not in less, like, a... like in the bike setting. Exactly. Yeah. So, what is your kind of process for like? your style nowadays like if you could describe it or if you even if you had like a goal with your look i know you said something about you know blending practicality with uh the design also reading positive vibes Mm -hmm. yeah how would you describe your your overall approach to style now yeah Mm, that's a good question i i it's entirely dependent on content (laughs) it's uh it's entirely dependent on context um, okay. I think the I think I have a modular enough wardrobe at this point where which some people might not wear. see, right? Like they they kind of see. I think a lot of people will be like, "Well, those are some crazy items." But I, through knowing you, I can kind I do see like there's maybe not a uniform. But there's like vibes and there's interchangeable mm-hmm. stuff here. Um, but yeah, sorry. Go, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. yeah, keep going. Yeah, exactly. To what Spencer said, there's a through line, and it's it's definitely going to be based on the aesthetic choice and the aesthetic intention behind a piece of clothing. Like I'm, I personally would still not mix something very formal and something very casual, but by putting some elements together, for example, like if there is one more formal looking piece and I put a lot of casual around it, then there's a bit more intentionality behind that. I try not to put too much, contrast of elements beside each other unless i'm emotionally feeling like i want to choose violence that Mm. day i want (laughs) to choose the most extreme contrast of things together because i felt like it and that actually reminds me of um mordecai rubenstein yeah more he like seeing his pictures way back when I was like on Tumblr and following starting to get into menswear, he wore a, a, a leather perfecto jacket with a butt with a 
spear point collar and a tie. Mm. That was insane. I thought that was one of the coolest things um, to see. But there's definitely, I draw a lot of inspiration from how he just mixes things. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Wait, wait, so where do you get inspiration from? Like, do you follow a lot of people or do you think that you're like, I know that you said that a lot of these garments have like their own aesthetic intent, right? Mm -hmm. So when you pick, when you make an outfit, do you play up like the context around it? Do you play up the, the, or the actual item? Like, I'm kind of curious how you make the outfit. Mm. Um, Safe, you know, you can pick the context, you know, make this your own kind of hypothetical here. Um, But yeah, because like, I guess for our, to make it similar to us, it's like, okay, when we dress up, I'll be like, okay all 70s or do we sometimes we pick out like okay i want to wear this tie yeah what goes with this tie you know like there's like two ways of making the outfit so how do you how do you do it or do you do both it's a good yeah that's that's very interesting i i like to build around one piece okay and even though and my personal philosophy is even though someone would say oh you can't mix you can't mix like capital with Bodhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to try to mix capital with Bodhi. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm just going to do something a bit more unexpected um, mm-hmm. with a set of designers and, and it's, it still ties back to like elements of one piece from a designer who's very different from another designer. As long as you can find that through line between elements of them, yeah. then you can, you can really start to mix and match. And that's why I'm I'm actually going back into more of a look for vintage stuff mm. mindset because f- vintage is very modular. It can mix with designer really well. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, re- I'm not looking as actively on grilled or Japanese auctions to find things. So that is all to say, I think, I think it depends on my mood. Um, mm, there's some days it. where I intentionally, yeah, it's like, what do I want to give with this outfit today? Do I want to give a lot of color matching? So I'm just going to find a lot of similarly toned stuff and then okay, let okay. them play off one another. So that would, I would say like, that is first tier. That would be like, okay, I want to put something like relatively air quote easy for me for that day so i'm just gonna find similarly colored stuff and match them next here would probably be contrasts of stuff and by contrast i could probably that probably includes like color blocking like yesterday i wore a, my crop purple jacket with yellow faux leather pants and like an orange floral shirt nice because i wanted like just something that kind of looked intentional because of how loud all of the things were. So like a maximalist kind of let's go for contrast would be level two. And then I think like level three, I haven't thought about much recently (laughs) because it's too damn hot here to get to level three and level three for me would just be like stack the jackets on top of each other Mm like tuck some pants into my boots. Um, And I haven't quite gotten that chance to do so in LA, but that's what I would say would be like level three, like, okay, have different layers and each layer speaks something like 
different. Gotcha. Yeah. That that that's interesting. I mean, it's you know, I like you said, there's a lot of similarities there with like kind of menswear-y kind of stuff. You know. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, layers would be like you know. For me, it's hard for me to make an outfit if it's not a suit because I love pairing jackets with everything. I mean, obviously, there are yeah. classic menswear outfits that have just a shirt and trouser. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes you just got to wear all, all the layers. You it's, know, it just, it just feels have, more it, interesting. It's complex. Yeah, exactly. I was going to yeah. say, it just feels more interesting when you have something else going on. Yeah. yeah. That's why mesh tanks are great, guys. Tank I mean, tops. I, uh, I'm just trying to push the mesh. I know, tank I know. That's the kind of. Hey, if you want to talk about like vintage thing, you can you can say it's like that's classic resort wear right there. Yeah, there. I mean there yeah. is there yeah. is illustrations and and advertisements of guys wearing mesh like knit tees. Yeah. Um, in the 1930s, and I was there. I remember me and me and Marco were both at the Rose Bowl, and it was it was pouring rain. And the guy was closing up and he had a 50s like mesh t-shirt. And he's like, I'll give it to you for 20 bucks. And I was like, nah, I don't think I'll wear it. Man. But like, you know, 20 bucks for a novelty might be kind of fun. Because now I could I could wear that instead of a terry cloth towel shirt to the fucking beach. You know, yeah, it kind of exactly. makes sense yeah. for, for relaxing. Yeah, just like have a hot boy summer, man. Huh. Like, like we're true. supposed to. It's it's due time for hot boy summer for everyone. It's, I mean, apparently it's short king spring right now, so you know. Oh, hell yeah. Shout Is out really? to all my short kings. Yeah, he didn't see it on, on, uh, on, on TikTok. Shout outs are in order. Yeah, for the short kings. Yes. So you know, obviously, Marco, your outfits are kind of um, compared to you know to, compared to us, or compared to classic men's guy, they're kind of out there. I'm curious mm. where you are. Um, how you deal with like standing out? That's kind of been like a, a theme lately for for Spencer and I. We've been kind of mm-hmm. exploring in our previous episode, like how come we've gotten you know not just a thick skin, but how come we embrace the idea of standing out? You know, maybe it helps that you know you're also in LA with us, but you know you and you have a lot of cool hobbies and interests, you know, music and everything. But you also kind of have a day job too. So how do you find the balance of of your very <laughs> bold attire? Mm-hmm. Um, you're almost doing the Scott Ackerman. How do you balance work and family? How, yeah, work and family. <laughs> uh, but yeah, how do you, how do you how do you personally deal with you know standing out and um, and yeah, what do you what yeah. are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's hmm. a good question, you know. So yeah, I'm definitely thinking like in terms of yeah, so many baggers, so many good questions. Um, when it comes to personal philosophy. I think, I think I'm on this earth to just play, just play around, and just <laughs> hell yeah, brother. <laughs> like, like what did our ancestors do? They had to hunt, eat, survive. Yeah. yeah. And we're at a point in society where there's so many opportunities to play and to just exist as you are, and I think, I think in a way when I choose to stand out or choose to present myself in a certain Mm -hmm. way or get into certain hobbies, I think I'm reflecting onto other people, a version of themselves. They're not nurturing a version of themselves. They're not comfortable bringing to the table yet. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think I just want to be a mirror for people who are doubting doubting an expansion of their identity an expansion of their interests so 
I think of it as just, I'm a messenger. I'm a messenger sent by you to, <laughs> to get, it's like to deliver fate, yourself this of. message. Yeah. 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 You know, so you're supposed to see this so you can expand yourself just you a know, bit more. That's such a great point, Marco, because you know, obviously I've met some of your friends and some of them have become my friends as well. Mm-hmm. You know, specifically thinking of like Sylvia and everything like that. Yeah. Um that yeah, it, it's so cool to like, you know, the idea of instead of being a blank canvas for people to project whatever they want onto you, to be so bold that they that they somehow get any kind of signal from you and it reflects on them. I think that that's that's a really cool way of of I mean, it's a cool way of like not just thinking, but like of kind of presenting yourself, because I feel like Spencer and I have done similar things where, like we said at the top here, a lot of our friends, at least our really close ones that we hang out with a lot, kind of come at come at the same way. Like they kind of pick up fashion. They kind of pick up these hobbies mm-hmm. or express themselves a certain way. I mean, Spencer's always had like like Jay, right, for example, or I've had MJ where, you know, maybe they're a bit on the tamer side compared to us, but then mm-hmm. by being, you know, we kind of get to show them what it could be and they don't have to dress mm-hmm. exactly like us, but they are able to kind of say, okay, well, I can, I can do that. Also, I can do it in my own way. You yeah. know, and I, I feel like, I mean, also through knowing you, I've also kind of had a little bit, not like a style evolution, but a little bit of a more comfortability in myself. And, you know, I mean, I obviously have said that in, in previous blog posts, you know, mm. you kind of, encapsulate what i mean by like vague menswear where i can see the mfa-ness in it like you still wear like canvas work pants you know and yep. and uh you wear pair of boots which is a, you know an mfa favorite you know you still mm-hmm. own your barber jacket but yeah. then you know you wear you wear short coats which you know or you wear the like vintage short jackets you know evan canori yeah. stuff and it's so similar but it, like it's done in a way that makes sense for you just like you know how spencer and i can wear og 107s and white sneakers or you know or military pants but they're done the way that we want them to and it's kind of Mm -hmm. an example of if people can see the through line can see that you know the thematic idea of where you're going they can probably pick it up somehow you know and kind of do it their way exactly Um, yeah and you and you're inviting them to try something yeah to participate you you can you can yeah we're, we're trying to get more people a seat at the table if you will. And for most people, they're intimidated by trying to join the table because they don't have a peer. They don't have someone they know who can just say like, let me show you the way to the table and let me help you on this journey kind of thing. And no one really talks about that enough. I think, Mm. I mean, the evangelical aspect of, uh, (laughs) I can show you the world. You know, it's kind of funny on that thing. Right. Cause it's like, I've, you know, growing up Christian and evangelical and everything like that, um, I always found when I was talking to people that the way that they got into it was always just being around someone who always had like a good attitude, you know, positive attitude and everything like that. Like not, I'm not a Christian, but I could see how others, like if they were around someone who's really nice and they go, oh, well, I'm, I just, I love God and I like, you know, doing my thing. That's a, that's a better way of getting people into Christianity as opposed to like, well, this is the correct way of doing it. And yes. so I think it's kind of fun to like, in that aspect, like, you know, you're obviously, Marguerite, like you're like living life, you're enjoying clothing. That's what people pick up from it as opposed to like, oh, there goes the man in the gray suit. I love how normal he looks. I got to be huh. normal like him, <laughs> you know? And yeah. maybe there are people out there like that too, but I mean, at least for the people in the company that we keep, um, 
being bold is kind of like not like it's like it's like an invitation and a litmus test of how people can connect with us you know mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah yeah go, go ahead marco it's a, it's a good point you brought up like it's great to have friends who who are bold and just have intention behind what mm-hmm. they do they have intention behind how they live their life too and yeah you know there's this whole spectrum of expression that exists but i think the commonality between people who choose to stand out and people who are just a bit more let's say they're a bit more reserved sure. but they're still intentional about bringing people in they're still intentional about why they are maybe a bit more reserved i think yeah. that like those two things go hand in hand together and that's why having like that diverse set of friends you may not have like bold not all of your friends for example may not be bold dressers but then you have friends who are maybe into like ceramics or like woodworking and they're so into that that you just see that and say like wow i love the intentionality that Mm -hmm. that person brings to their life that's that's exactly i feel like you know everyone has their passion you know i I think we may not be friends with fashion you know fashion people but they all have something that they enjoy that they put themselves into and, and, and get something out of. Yeah. Um, so on, on that note now, you know, obviously you are, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been featured a lot. You know, you have a very, to me, an iconic style um, that inspires me. Um, but you also have a very iconic lifestyle. Like, huh. You know, you're talking about like, <laughs> the, where, the warehouse stuff, you know, you post all of this great stuff on your, on your stories. You're, you know, you've even told me that, you know, you sometimes you'll buy extra tickets to concerts because you'll never know if a friend wants to join you. You know, oh, I think that that's really that's really yeah. cool. So at at this point, you know, what do you think informs like the style more? Like, is it like the like does your lifestyle inform your clothing? Because you know like, now now you know you. I remember when you first got a motorcycle, like you were telling me, like you were kind of trying to get into it and everything, and then all of a sudden, like here you are. You know, I think you bu- did you buy a second one too. Yeah, I've one second. Yeah, see, there recently. you go. Yeah. You know, not, not it's album. over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. You're you know, getting your life back from that machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's but, my third life crisis purchase, yeah. guys. The Damn. second motorcycle. Baby. Before 30, too. You know, not even. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious about this kind of pull between like lifestyle and clothing. And obviously, the answer is, is that, you know, it's kind of one and the same at some point here. But mm-hmm. yeah, tell me more about like this this kind of blend like this idea of marco is like not just clothes it's it's all this stuff pulling together yeah do you like do you feel like anything is clothes. more important <laughs> the whole do you feel like anything takes precedent on this on this like spectrum here oh what do you to clarify your question does does my lifestyle take precedence now or does my clothes yeah like i guess like what like in your clothing decisions here like yeah, does your clothing inform your lifestyle it is your your lifestyle inform your clothing yeah Mm. at this point because you know you've been doing this this for a while now and you've explored a lot of different hobbies Mm. it's a good question right now i think right now i'm gonna say lifestyle Mm. informs clothing purchases because (laughs) Right, right now, all I'm looking for on eBay on Grail are colored leather motorcycle jackets <laughs> and like there you go. leather right. motocross pants. So like yeah. I'm I'm going like full in into just loud, um, well cut 
well-made motorcycling clothing. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I spend most of my free time these days. It's either on Elden Ring, <laughs> concerts, yeah. or motorcycling. So <laughs> so I figured like if, if I'm spending the most time on the bike... It's it just feels great to have options um, to wear, and and I would say it would probably come back around again. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I would say like the great thing about where I'm at now, I think, is I can pull I can pull something from my wardrobe that I can work on the bike with. I can pull something from my wardrobe that I can wear to a warehouse party with so so all of the pieces are already there Mm -hmm. to access my hobbies and my interests i just think like right now okay if i'm gonna buy a new piece of clothing it's gonna go into what i'm like full sending on right now which is motorcycling you know so all the pieces are there right now so i think that's why it's, it's so like I'm not looking for anything new aside from something to wear more of while I ride. It's very that, interesting. That yeah. is so apt. You know, I think after interviewing John and Jason, you know, I feel I find myself connecting with all of our friends because there's just something so similar in all of us. Um, and I say that because it's like you know I, I've also been thinking about like the lifestyle. We've, been, we've had conversations about authenticity. We've had debates on on practicality and everything, mm-hmm. and um, it's really cool. Like you know. I, I wear menswear because I like the design of it, but it's also, mm. it kind of serves mm-hmm. my lifestyle. You know, yeah. I obviously, obviously I don't do um, like, there is no set lifestyle for menswear anymore. Like I don't work in a corporate job, right. but like for the purposes right, of right. like, you know, if I'm always writing about clothes, I mean, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, but if, if I could be like, you know, taking fo- uh, photographs, you know, yeah. or if I'm mm-hmm. reading, like it just kind of feels practical, you know, Spencer, you've, I mean, you know, I've, you, t- yeah, wear... I've talked to, I talked about how I like wearing like military jackets when I'm covering events because I'm, they have, yeah. I mean, like you said, like you were talking about earlier, they have a lot of fucking pockets and like the pockets are great. I get, yeah. yeah, they're great. I get to stick Pocket notebooks in. and extra camera batteries and, you know, voice recorders, whatever in there. So it's, it's like I, on the one hand, I think it looks cool, but on the other hand, it's it like kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's yeah. Practical. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, this kind of reminds me of like, you know, a, a really great post you did called uh, like the having the soul of clothes, like the soul of clothing. And you kind of, mm. um, I remember like you said, like, Oh, this is just a rant, but it's so like really well thought out. It's I guess, I guess, no, it's not a rant. You said it's a short essay. I guess there is intentionality on that sort of thing. <laughs> but you talk about a, a lot of things here. You know, you talk about clothing as an extension of yourself, clothes as the vessels of stories, you know, and you also, but you also have a part here where you talk about like you know the i you want you want to caution people against uh, the idealization of of things as like you know you feel you'll feel complete after you get there because you know something that we've all thought of too is that despite all these years later after me and Spencer honing our style we're still kind of figuring stuff out like we're not mm-hmm. yeah we don't yeah. tie that closely there so I don't know can you talk more you know maybe to our listeners about like the soul of clothing you know, and, and the value that you place in clothes because you are clearly so connected to the soul of your clothes. You know, like you said, like it has to serve you. You keep things for quite a while. Um, mm. But yeah, tell me about the soul of clothing. Yeah. Ooh. Let's pull, <laughs> let's pull this. Let's pull this post up. <laughs> Got to jog the memory. The of it. Of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I, I mean, I just, I just thought that one day I just thought that we imbue meaning upon our clothes. Mm, yeah. And even though, even though clothes are things, there was still a lot of energy, resources, and time put into making those clothes. Let's say you buy the clothes secondhand. Someone's story was already passed on mm-hmm. to the piece of clothing. So, so I would say, like, when you think about like the soul of clothes, you just like think of them as, again, I'll just use the term vessels. Like, I I like using the term vessel because it just means that it's carrying memories, it's carrying wear with it, it's carrying meaning with it mm-hmm. through its whole life cycle until like. You know, it might it might get disposed of, or it might just like sit somewhere for a very long time. But um, there is a soul to it. I, it's it's still very much like energy manifested into something that's wearable. Yeah. Um, and what I like about it's it was like a rambling, but what I like about saying like, oh, a piece of clothing has soul is like there's a reason why you pull that piece like out of your wardrobe. There's Mm -hmm. like, you're intrinsically connected to that piece of clothing because there's a design aspect to it, or maybe there is a nostalgic or emotional attachment to it because, Mm -hmm. because maybe it was like a gift to you or there was a certain memory attached to it. So I just think like, okay, if you can, ask yourself these questions about like why you wear the things you wear or why you like the things you like, you do gain a deeper appreciation for what you already have. And I think that unlocks like a way of just experimenting further with what you have, but also holding on to clothes you like a lot more. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, yeah. It's it's something that we want people to to feel from their clothing, you know, like yeah. this idea of the soul. You know, again, one of the reasons why I've always wanted to have you on the pod is because I feel like the way you feel about clothes is how people. I wish people thought about menswear. You know, there is this yeah. cool aspect you know, that Spencer, Spencer and I have talked about, like about design, because like it's not that we just blindly like vintage. Like we like, you know, the way it looks. Yeah. And we're connected and I mean, to it. I was going to mm-hmm. say that if you're talking about the soul of clothing, I'd say that like, you know, vintage stuff or more uh, yeah. like avant-garde stuff is going to have more soul than like a random, like unique low or even like more high end, like, you know, I don't yeah. know, I'm not going to go too high end. I'll just say Hugo Boss. <laughs> <laughs> like something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, just more individuality, more like intentionality um, in, in the kind of stuff that you wear. Um, yeah which I think is like you know lends itself to yeah just like thinking about like the soul of menswear yeah I, yeah i love that you brought up that point spencer mm-hmm. because well, thank you it does <laughs> welcome spencer it 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 sounds a lot i mean we've observed that fast fashion something that's easily accessible just feels like a copy paste yeah mass marketed mass produced and mass consumed for people that purchasing fast fashion sometimes feels like it it to me i perceive that as autopilot on Mm. your consumption i'm autopiloting to purchase something trendy or i'm autopiloting to purchase something essential so i don't have to think about it too much and 
I will also caveat what I'm saying by um, adding that fashion and clothes aren't the aren't a priority for everyone. Some people just want to tick the box um, over it. But, you know, maybe if we're talking about like finding your style, if we're talking about contentedness in your wardrobe, there has to be like an intentionality towards like soul finding intentionally designed or vintage pieces that kind of like speak to you. And you can just say like, I can wear this like anytime because this is aligned with my own values of what I like to wear. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's kind of an expanded version of like, you know, what do you want to look like? That's something that we always tell people for yeah. asking for, for advice. Um, but like, you know, like, what do you, yeah. What do you feel connected with? Like, you know what, like, do you don't, do you need the Navy blazer? Like, do what do you, what do you, what feelings do you get from wearing this thing? You know, mm-hmm. not, not as opposed to like, Oh, I need it because of, the fact that MFA said I have to do it or because it's so versatile, you know, I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, you're, you're a good case study in the fact that, you know, things may not, I mean, things are versatile. We have that concept of like forced versatility mm-hmm. where we're like, you know, we mm-hmm. like it. So mm-hmm. we make it versatile with everything. Cause yeah. we just, we just do it, you know? And I feel like it's so easy to see with, with your style that, you know, you are clearly so connected with the idea of the soul. Um, I guess this is not, this is not a gotcha question. Um, <laughs> But you know, we, <laughs> not not to spring this on you, yeah. but there is. Yeah. I mean, it's also in the outline we made. We made, but um, you know, you also sell a lot of your clothes as well. You know, like when you move out of these moods, how do you feel mm-hmm. then about like the soul? Like, is it does it feel bad that you're giving up <laughs> these clothes? You know, is, is it is it losing? Because you know, for some yeah. context, right? Like, I, I think Spencer and I are probably the worst people to talk to about about culling your wardrobe because we yeah. keep so much stuff. Dude, I have <laughs> so I have like a ton of stuff in my garage that I keep saying it's like I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna sell this, but like every two weeks I'll go down there and like look through the bins and like take one or two things back up. I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna... <laughs> no, I mean, I'm... I I love that. I love yeah. archiving. That's yeah. like I mean, that's yeah. a really great thing to it do. It kind of feels like I yeah. just have like a vintage store in my in my in my garage. Yeah. Which is <laughs> kind of fun. I mean, we had uh, when Spencer. That's L.A. Uh, bingo right there. Yeah. You got yeah. your own vintage clothing showroom in your garage. <laughs> there it is. I mean, it's, I don't store anything. Yeah, for thing, I don't store anything. Everything's right behind me. So it's like I constantly get inspired and see stuff, and I'm like, oh hell yeah, I'm gonna wear this again, you know. Mm. Um, and so, but like, but to your point yeah. here, so for the reason why I don't give this stuff up, and maybe it's probably similar for Spencer too, is that you know we do a lot of effort into finding stuff. You know, we might not be mm. going to like the bins. You know, but we do hunt a lot on eBay. You know, our, our process is not easy, um, which we always tell people like, you know, it's not it's not it's not that it's you can't do this. It's that it'll take a lot of time, you know, yeah, um, build the wardrobe, man. Yeah. And, and in my aspect, too, like I work really closely with people like Dave to make the pattern for my, my trousers or with Kiyoshi right. to make those stuff. So I feel very closely connected to my clothes, which makes it mm. hard for me to kind of give off, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. and I know this is different with like custom clothing versus like ready to wear and stuff like that. So how do you, when you, when you give something up, you know, when you, when you move into a different mood, how does that impact the way that you feel about the soul of those clothes? Like, mm. You know, not to yeah. say that. Oh, do you hate your clothes now? Are they are they <laughs> nothing to you? But I am I am curious about this. You know, because it's fun to be like really connected. But you know, I think what people assume is that when you are that connected to your clothes, 
you have to stay there. But you, we obviously, all of us have had evolutions. So how do you, how do you factor in evolution with the soul of clothes mm, and, and, and yeah. physically giving up the old pieces? Yeah, it's, I mean, change is constant, right? And yeah. the reason why I chose to use vessel is because this piece of clothing that has a soul with it and a story with it gets passed on to someone else. Mm. And I think having an intentional mindset where I want to sell this to, let's say, an Instagram follower or someone on Grail for probably lower than what they'd find given the rarity, I think I think I'm inviting someone to find joy from that clothing and wear it a lot more than how than what I'm wearing because just this is just a personal value of mine too and right not everyone shares the same values with me but I'd rather like have a constant like wear of the stuff I have and just kind of like wear to the ground Mm -hmm. more than um having like always like a constant variety of things because I I think a lot of like a lot of the clothes I have are very practical. I would say most are pretty hard wearing, but I do enjoy having pieces that I can wear out a lot and not worry about it getting stained or it getting dirty. I could just like wash it the next day or I can just like yeah. do a 20 minute like hand wash session and it's all clean. Like. I'll, I'll use Bodhi as an example. Like, I would love to wear my Bodhi to a warehouse party, but I can't. I, uh, I, yeah, I can no, only wear my Bodhi to like a museum or like a nice dinner. And the stuff I don't want to sell are the things like I can wear when I'm out dancing, when I'm out motorcycling, when I'm out like at a warehouse party. So, so truly then the few opportunities I get to put together like an intentional outfit. <laughs> I think about it so much. I'm just like, I, I'm almost paralyzed by like what I want to wear. Cause I haven't gotten a chance to wear like the Bodhi pieces or the designer pieces in so long because I, I spend a lot more time on like other things right now. So it's almost like a, Oh, this is, kind of a sunk cost like living Uh, like of this thing being in my wardrobe um which is not to say like there's anything wrong with holding on to the stuff you love i actually i actually wish i i i kind of missed that time Mm -hmm. i i had a chapter in my life when i just had a really 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 huge wardrobe and it was like really overflowing with clothes but i've found that the constant in my life has been changes and pivots and reprioritizing certain things. Like three years ago, I was like, I'm unsure about motorcycling. I'm going to like stick it out with like fashion and dancing and concerts. And now three years later, I'm starting to like just sell more stuff because, well, I, I still love clothes. I still actively enjoy and participate in it, but I'm not, at this point, I'm not personally seeking new pieces all the time. I've kind of rebalanced and reprioritized where my time and energy is going. Wow, that's that's very, you know, 
It's interesting to say like the whole thing about like the big wardrobe because I think that's what that's where Spencer and I are at right now. But mm-hmm. to your to your point about like you know kind of figuring out where maybe not like the clothing priorities are but like the lifestyle priorities are. I'm kind of in a similar boat where you know I you would think that you know being the pandemic, you know, I would stop wearing ties. I mean there's one there's a couple of critics of ours or at least of me <laughs> where like you know they they just don't believe, right? But I'm like you know like no, I genuinely love wearing a sport coat and a tie all the time i love it you know i might not wear it the whole day for practicality reasons of like you know i want to be able to cook some stuff i want to be able to do errands and everything i want to go to the gym but what's the thing i'm starting to think is it's not cost some of the casual stuff and it's not that it's one of those things where i don't i'm gonna be casual at some point like i can't i can't always (laughs) wear a tie but even now even when things don't matter i am wearing the sport coat and tie and it makes me feel really good yeah Um, and it's kind of fun to think about, like, yeah, about the soul of clothing. The good thing is that these other clothes were acquired quite cheaply, or at least in the in you know in the grand scheme of things, compared to like Shell Cordovan, you know, these right. things are are pretty good. So it's like it's almost a sunk, it's almost like an opportunity cost, or it's too much work to even get rid of it because then it's like you're putting in so much effort than compared to when you actually got it. Um, yeah, that's but, a good point. But I, the other good, the other flip side to that too is like, let's say something I'm trying to list for a high price, like doesn't sell. Maybe that's just a sign that I keep it. And I'm like, that's okay, true. word, like, cool. No one wants this. Then I'll, I'll enjoy this. I'll yeah. You'll, you'll, yeah. Hold you'll on make to it. it. You'll so, make it work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting, you know, like the way that you have um, approached clothing and, and lifestyle and presenting yourself is so similar to how, you know, how we do it and how we want other people to do it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just have cool you, to see, yeah, such like a I mean, different style with that same mindset. Exactly, it's mm-hmm. proof. I mean, you've—I feel like you've yeah. always. I mean, you've always had like the sad mindset in the sense, right? Like you've yeah, just been always. I mean, that's why sad that's boys why unite. Friends, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You know, and I think it's it's so important to have this connection here because, you know, people don't see menswear as like a form of fashion, even though like there's like fashion trends. But I mean, fashion as a form of like personal expression to be the same thing as like you know you connect with a piece from Bodhi or from Evan Kenori or from Rick Owens and be like well I, I feel that way about my suit you know or mm-hmm. about this this collar about this tie um, yeah. and it's you know hopefully the guys listening will 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 um, well yeah. learn how easy it is that this mindset can be applied across yeah. everything um, right yes they're all and- pa- they're all lines that mm-hmm. are running parallel to each other. Like yes. they look different from one another. They, like the aesthetic differences are extreme. But at the end of the day, Rick Owens, Ramones, those are converses. Mm-hmm. Rick yep. Owens, like wax denim jacket, that's pulled from like denim jackets and like mm-hmm. old motorcycling jackets. Um, let's see. The like most stuff from Bodhi, like those, those are you those used fabrics from like the fifties and sixties. Yeah. And, and they like look like short coats. I mean, they, yes, they look like that. Exactly. Like that's, what, that's what they are. They're all know? vintage aesthetics like applied as well. It's just that, you know, contemporary designers, any modern designers, they're like very shishi and they have like all this like marketing to like bring like the old world back into like 2022. But like, it's always been there, like vintage clothing, like menswear, like those right. things are always going to be the original reference points mm-hmm. yeah. for a lot of designer clothes. 
And, you know, I think that's why I think Spencer and I kind of knew that early on. I mean, even even comparing different eras of menswear to each other, you can yeah. see, okay, well, the 70s is just doing the 30s collegiate look with like the flared mm. trousers and the pagoda shoulders. Yeah, it's just yeah. more exaggerated. You know, Armani is clearly doing the bold look of like the 40s yeah. with like the drop yeah. button stance and the big lapels, and the big shoulders, you know. And so mm. like that's why we, we could never really knock designer clothing because, I mean, it's we, we see it there. We see the references, you know, and even avant-garde. I mean, there's plenty of like weird designer stuff from the 30s and 40s you know we don't necessarily like buy it but it, it all existed i know art as expression this is why we, we said that like taste is so i mean at least i was trying to say taste is super subjective and it's it's fun to talk about the commonalities of things you know yes. I, I i think i remember you know yeah. i'm always tying stuff back to what i'm reading because i'm a little nerd now for some reason <laughs> um but there's a book i'm reading about photography about exploring like similar subjects but from different photographers you know and i think it's kind of cool to see like you know are they from the same era like is that the connective tissue or do they find similarities just based aesthetically like a picture of like the person's back could be like you know georgia o'keefe did that and this other photographer did it and if you didn't know who it was you'd say oh that's just georgia o'keefe but there is some intentionality behind it there is some difference mm -hmm. there artistically mm -hmm. and um even though even though they are doing i guess visually similar things that's kind of the opposite of what you're saying but like the, the approach could be different but just you know there's there's always these kind of fun ways to kind of see the come on the through lines of everything and marco you're kind of a great example of that um I guess my last question for you is like, do you, do you ever see yourself like kind of coming full circle and like making the clothes that you envision for yourself or that you see yeah. yourself wearing? Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be great to one day be in a position where I could mm -hmm. just full-time design, make stuff. So it's, I think the, I think the difficulties conceptualizing storyboarding and just yeah. trying to work with materials and finding the right hardware and i think in engaging in a bit of this exercise like prototyping yeah. and sample making because it's i mean i friend, also yeah, i also have to imagine that it's hard kind of like figuring out like like the okay like this is what i want to make but it's like I, I like i know that if i were to start a brand um i don't think uh many people would be interested in it because it would just be like a bunch of like i don't know like like vint it would just be the same chore coat in like a bunch of different colors and shit i would just be making mm. stuff that i want to wear every day mm. um, yeah and so i'm wondering like yeah how do you yeah. how do you be like okay well i want to make this for like me obviously i want to make this my style but i want to make sure other people can like buy into it yeah as, as well is mm. that something you think about i mean obviously you know you don't because i'd like without like compromising like oh i don't want to make this like just boring or whatever but yeah hypothetically you know. speaking yeah. if you had your, <laughs> you know would you i mean yeah. again is, is even that is that even a part of the question like do you would you want to make clothes that other people would want to buy i mean hopefully right like, like <laughs> ho hopefully they'll want to buy it but i i think i think i just want to tell a story i want to bring people into a world where the clothes make sense and the mm -hmm. clothes make sense in the world because mm -hmm. it will still have a foundation of practicality and utility but what I'm imbuing, hopefully, like, let's say in the in the future, yeah. hopefully what I can imbue is just a mindset that 
these like practical and like useful clothes like they may seem costumey but they make a lot of sense to me and i think mm-hmm. it makes sense with the right person i think the right person who's intentional will look at it and say i like this story i like how this looks um yeah no that's that's a good um way of thinking about it i guess that that just brought up a question for me is do you think that people need to have your lifestyle in order to dress like you like because that's something i think about now you know we you know we kind of touched on you know evangelizing through clothing right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. sometimes at the end of the day it's like you know like you said people will get it if they kind of have your mindset and sometimes people with that mindset need like end up having your similar hobbies but you know something about a costume is that it can't be applicable to everyone right like there's like this weird idea of cost but that's what makes it cost like you feel like you're inhabiting something else so do you think that you know with your style or and in the clothing you know whether you make it or not is it important to have your lifestyle to to make it happen to make it feel authentic mm-hmm. well yeah i mean I think the last thing I want to be is a gatekeeper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it hard, right? To, it's it's yeah. either, like I don't I don't want to ever tell someone like don't don't wear a fire truck red leather suit out to a bar, but you you should own yourself. Like you you should like own who you are when you put that on and you like walk into like a bar any setting with it like like it becomes it's perceived less as a costume if you bring your full self in when you're wearing that right, right. if you're if you're comfortable in your skin and like i i always every time i i always think that i would rather take up space being more quiet and being like a listener rather than actively like talking or trying to take the whole conversation I'd rather right. like sit in my corner of the room talking with a bunch of people who I feel comfortable with. And like, that's my confidence. Like I want to like take up my space um, how I am and not try to like bring all of me like into a place because like not everyone is going to be receptive mm-hmm. of my energy either. So I think it, I think what matters at the end of the day is that you you just got to show up as yourself. Um, and I think lifestyle and interest shouldn't be a deterrent for expression on a deeper level. Right. Because it's like, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're just, we are, we are engaging in a hobby that requires so much nonverbal communication. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so when, when that nonverbal communication shroud gets pulled off, right, you can't just like hide behind your clothes and be like, Hey, these clothes, this fedora, <laughs> this like gangster suit, this is my personality. But what if someone like tries to start talking to you and like, and you just like fumble and you just like all of a sudden like start feeling small. It's like, okay, then that's when the costume mindset comes into play because you're you're really not like owning who you are when you put that um 
piece of clothing on. So it's more food for thought. That's not the truth. That's how I just how I see things when it comes to like costume and dressing up. But um, yeah, nonverbal communication is great among strangers and acquaintances and being out in the world. But then you are going to interact and you mm-hmm. are going to talk with people. So it's great to it's also a plus to be comfortable in your own skin. Absolutely. Amen. I think we you know we've been we've been having our fair share of conversations about this um, with a lot of different people. And I think people always forget that, you know, you will interact with people, but maybe interacting people with people isn't a bad thing. I think it just gives you another opportunity to kind of explain, you know, express yourself. Because I think with Marco, I mean, obviously, people do talk to you. And you're also an interesting person outside of your clothes, too. Like, it's not it doesn't just stop at the clothes. Like, I've seen, you know, people talk to both of us, you know, randomly when we're at places. Yeah. And I think it's fun to kind of bring mm-hmm. them in. And that's, you know, that's why it's never been like a costume. Maybe it comes off that way on Instagram for people like you and people like me and Spencer. You know, there's always going to be that kind of barrier. Yeah. But right. that's why, yeah, I think Spencer, I've been trying to hint at this idea of, you know, putting yourself out there and being receptive to people. Like, you got to be, maybe in the past you said, like, you got to be cool. Um, but it's also like, you got to be friendly. Mm-hmm. You got to be like, I think, you know, Marco, obviously, like you said earlier, like the positive vibes, encouraging people to be themselves. That can only really happen, I think, when you talk with the person. Like, you have <laughs> yeah. to converse in both yeah. ways. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Hey, if you ever see any of us, feel free to talk to us. Kind of. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, <laughs> don't follow yeah. us. Don't follow don't us follow around. Us. But you know, if you're if you're at a fashion, if you're at, if we're at an event that is conducive for a conversation, like a fashion event or like at a uh-huh. bar, you can do yeah. that. If we Good are doing errands, only, please don't talk to us. Uh, we don't want the. We don't want. I'm the, at Ralph's, uh, man. Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me let me live, brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Marco, thank you for hopping on with us. Thank you for yeah, sharing great, some of the mindset here. Uh, yeah. GTA, as I call it. <laughs> GTA. Um, is there anything you want to plug, Marco? I mean, if you want people to follow you, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, well, first off, thanks for having me. This is this is a really wonderful chat. I am Pocket Man on Instagram, but instead of the O, there's a zero. That's right. There you go. Yeah, I think poc- <laughs> I think a regular pocket man is like some random person. <laughs> I think you know. One day I'm gonna take it from them. You gotta you like know. DM like Instagram and then be like, "Hey, this guy is like not utilizing his username to the full potential. <laughs> let me let me take it from him." You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it could be inactive, and they could just like. I need to do that with it. Twitter. I need to get Spencer DSO mm-hmm. on all on all platforms. So someone's there sitting on that account, but they haven't done anything. Like they haven't tweeted anything ever. <laughs> Kick him out for inactivity, yeah. man. Yeah, come on. They do that with That's video true. games, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, follow follow Marco on there. You'll see some you'll see some great fits. Um, if you want to uh, talk with Marco occasionally as he drops in, you can go to you can go to patreon.com slash style direction. Marco is a proud sad head friend member of our of our Discord. He was there on day one when we first made it before we before we fully launched the Patreon. So he was, you know, one of the OGs. He was also we also played Warzone uh, one time. Oh, yeah. on stream, early so. COVID. Oh, wow. Early COVID, early COVID stuff, Warzone you know? nights. Oh, man. So, you know, yeah, Marco's, Marco's been around. You know, Marco's been on the blog a lot as well. Um, but, yeah, if you ever want to talk to us, go to patreon.com slash down direction. $5 a month gives you access to our Discord and our bonus episodes. And $10 doesn't give you anything extra, but we do thank you. So thank you to Austin Malat, Shane Curry, Philip Gagard, 
Jarrett Colian, and Henrik Wilberg. We appreciate you guys a lot. Um, I'm Ethan M. Wong. I'm Spencer DSO. And uh, we are produced by MJ, who is not on mic. Um, but yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Marco, for joining us. And we'll see you guys uh, next time. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.